0: There are two men in that jungle who are trying to steal from me. I feel like a little boy who's lost his first tooth put it under his pillow waiting for the Tooth Fairy to come. Only
1: two evil burglars have crept in my window and
2: snatched it before she could get here.
3: Wait a
0: second. Do you understand the concept of the Tooth Fairy?
1: Explain it. To me. I follow
0: those
1: dents, you idiots. You put ah. him You your tooth? Ah. Put him down. 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 Put him
4: down. Put him down. Put him down. Put him down. The following podcasts may contain language and discussions of a frank and adult nature, and spoilers regarding the films discussed are always to be expected. Thank you for joining us. Now start the show, Dr. Rausch.
0: They must be
4: destroyed on sight! We are live it is they must be destroyed on site episode 145 and i'm your host lee you're threatening me you're threatening me with p russell joined by my co-host daniel i'd offer you a beer but it seems you blew up my bar harper and we have two special guests uh first off returning from last week greg i hate penis eating minnows and i hate freaky fruit by how how you doing sir
3: this is all 100% true. I'm doing great. I literally just watched this movie, and I'm fresh from it, and I still don't remember those quotes you're talking about. That's how <laughs> That's how bad my memory is.
4: Well, we'll get into uh, forgetting this movie after watching it, I think, when we discuss it. And then we are joined for the first time by a friend of mine from another podcast that we do together, Scott, enlighten me, Summerton. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> enlighten you, nice. Very, very good. How are you, sir? Good, good. So we are going to, yet again, sort of go out of our wheelhouse this time out, thanks to Daniel, who's programming the podcast till the end of the year, and we're going to be looking at... only until
1: the end of the year, like this is is determined, (laughs) right? There's no way this goes into January, because otherwise we'll just hemorrhage all of our listeners, that's... Actually, well,
4: the the sad thing is we've been gaining listeners since you took over, so <laughs> I might have to relinquish some fucking control here.
1: It's... You mean that doing things other than horror films with vampires from between 1968 and 1978 is something that people might actually want to listen to? Be gone, Falser.
4: <laughs> I didn't know what I was thinking. But yeah... <laughs> So we're going to be covering the rundown from 2003, the uh, WWE produced and starring The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and that should be an interesting discussion, but before we get into that, we have a few comments to get through, so <coughs> first off, uh, Derek Burgois Says, the rundown is a fun ride. I remember watching it with my dad all the time when it first came out and enjoying the fun adventure aspect. The rock fighting with Stifler and walkin' doing what he does best be, Walken. Can't wait to hear the episode, guys. Yeah, thank you. Jay Deering has a different opinion. <laughs> this is in uh, relation to the fact that we're also going to be doing uh, The Transporter tomorrow night and put that in the can for the week following when we release The rundown, he says, Statham and Dwayne Johnson, check please. And then he had a little animated gif of Danny DeVito shaking his head no. So, there you go. Apparently, Jay Dearing is not a fan of modern action films and action stars, which I can totally relate to. It's it's not necessarily something I'm a great fan of either, but uh, we'll get into that when we talk about the film. And then finally, our friend Mike Murphy from Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts podcast says, So... I guess you're out of movies to cover. <laughs> oh. well, that, that's common to the show. <laughs> yeah, uh, We love you, Mike. Fuck you, buddy.
1: Well, well, maybe if, you know, maybe we should turn that back on Mike because they're only doing one episode a month these days. So yeah. apparently they're the ones who have run out of content.
4: And also, I think Mike also knows the trials and tribulations of relinquishing uh, the show programming to his co hosts as well, because they do a rotating thing where, they, where they're each uh, month one of them gets to pick a movie and they do it. So he's been at the uh, whim of his co hosts uh, as well. So uh, don't pick on me as much, Mike.
1: Just don't yeah, do pick, pick on me, Mike. Seriously. <laughs> I, I think Daniel has
3: used great discretion. I kind of expected he'd be, like, having you review hardcore pornography. We've gotten close. We've done sometimes. that. We, <laughs> we've
1: gotten pretty close. <laughs> Maybe we'll do Hot and Saucy Pizza Girls for Christmas. I'm, I'm considering it. Ah, okay,
3: well. I, I, okay, I thought I heard all your shows, but I need to go back to some of them sober, because god damn...
4: <laughs> uh so Scott since you are a first time guest on the show you get to uh step into the honored tradition of being the victim of Movie God the Movie okay. God game Are you a
5: god? When someone asks you if you're a god you say yes <laughs>
4: So, uh, for people listening who have not heard the rules to this, basically, I give the person I'm asking, two actors, two movies, two producers, two composers, something to do with uh, movies. And Scott has to make the decision to eliminate one of these things from the timeline. So, he has to take into consideration the fact of... Everything that would not be made if one of these people was eliminated. So you have to make sort of a tough choice here. Scott, I think I know your tastes fairly well. You're a big movie nerd like we are. And I picked two people that their careers are intertwined somewhat. They've both had arguably probably one of the biggest pop culture impacts on movies And one of the biggest biggest impacts on how movies have been made since about the 1970s onward. So, Scott, you are the movie god and you must eliminate one of these two people, Steven Spielberg or George Lucas.
5: Not who I thought. Okay. way to go
1: for the obscure choices there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nicely done. Well, we so... look
3: them up first, or see who they are.
1: Well, these are these are really obscure filmmakers. These, are, these are real indie, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. So okay, Spielberg
5: is uh, he's much more prolific in his output, and from everything from directing to producing to writing. You talk like the animation and games, even and uh, Emblen and everything. So that's kind of a crazy thing that he champions so much. Uh, Indian Jones, John Williams, all these like there's so much that he's touched that. I can't fathom it without that Lucas might not be as not prolific, but like there's not as much there, but what is there is arguably as big or bigger. Cause Disney bought it for like 4 billion or whatever mm-hmm. with star Wars, but not only that, but ILM and sound design and John Williams. So he would have been fine either way, but so, Oh God, if there was no star Wars, Disney would have bought something else for 4 billion. The world still would go on. I'd probably have to say George Lucas goes, because Spielberg just did uh, like five to six times more things that affected more things. Like the reason blockbusters exist is Jaws. Mm -hmm. So I'll always kind of go back to that. That was that Star Wars came from that. Uh, uh, Spielberg stays is what I would say.
4: Okay. So you would affect like, what would Indiana Jones be without George Lucas as part of that?
5: A little more Bond, because Spielberg wanted to do a Bond movie, could never get it, and he ended up creating Indiana Jones as a throwback to the old serials, Hmm. and I think the fourth indie would have been better, because Lucas was the one who caused a lot of the delays and slowdowns on that, and that's why we didn't get one for a while, because all three parties had to be involved.
1: We might even have
5: more Indiana Jones movies, for all we know.
1: I think, arguably, without—I mean—you're right—that Jaws was kind of the first blockbuster. But I think, without Star Wars being the absolute fucking phenomenon that it was, the—I mean—the blockbuster era might not have run at all the way that it did. Frankly, well, you know, we we still would have had Back to the Future produced. We still would have had ET, Close well, Encounters. But, but, I mean, Back to the Future is ten years into this era. You know, I mean, I'm just—I'm just, I'm just kind of oh. like thinking, you know, I—you know, I can—I can I just—I can I, just, I, I kind of want to kill them both. Like, <laughs> make sure neither one of them has a career just to see what, like, seventy cinema might have borne without, you know... Movies made for 12-year-old boys with, you know, a billion dollars to spend.
5: Interestingly, it goes into some of the action hero stuff of the 80s because that was the bombastic stuff that came out to satisfy the blockbuster audiences. And if you didn't need to satisfy them, would they have existed? And you get into weird stuff like that because the action heroes of the 80s didn't exist. You had your French connections and things like that instead. So where things would have gone, I have no idea. It's kind of fascinating to think, but yeah.
4: I think my favorite movie of all time, Sorcerer, would have been one of the biggest box offices
1: in the 1970s.
3: I think without either one of these directors, we'd be on Zardoz Part Ten by now.
1: <laughs> I.e., yes, we need to make sure neither one had a career. Also, also, if you if you get rid of Steven Spielberg, uh, you don't have uh, Schindler's List which is arguably one of the worst films ever made. So No, list, no
5: Saving Private Ryan, uh, one of the better war movies, I think. But at the same time, Lucas goes, you lose ILM and Skywalker Sound, and a lot of that goes. So you'd still, I mean, those people still would have made what they made, but they wouldn't have been in the environment they were, so visual effects could actually suffer overall by that choice. Uh, I don't know.
4: Well, yeah, that's that's a weird thing, though. It's like, uh, where would have those sort of uh, geniuses found their home? Like, where would they they have been collected? If not yeah. under that manner, where would they have gone? And part- would we have jumped into CGI stuff as early as we did?
5: Yeah. Well, part of it too was with with Lucas, the the way he was, it was very under budget. He had to fight for what he was doing before the Phantom Menace days of Yes Men giving him money. He had to fight and claw to figure it out, and they were using street lights and beer cans for spaceships. That's the kind of thing where they got the best of the best to make this stuff work. If that never happened, those people wouldn't have been under those crunches. Maybe it wouldn't have been there. You just don't know where that would have gone. The Spielberg side, though, he championed film for the longest time, but Lucas was all digital, 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 so you have literally the yin and yang of that argument involved here too and if you had one of the biggest people saying no shoot on film shoot on film go that would have drastically changed things way sooner because then you're basically just left with christopher nolan making that argument in 2008 compared to spielberg back in 98 so very very different in that regard too
4: i like your decision scott i think you made a Pretty wise one here. I think I would kill Lucas as well, especially with the the film versus uh, digital argument. Because <laughs> I, I I side on the uh, Quentin Tarantino side of that argument, where it's like, let's do film, fuck digital. Although I think he's maybe dipped into digital now at some
5: point. Uh, not not for nothing. Not... Digital's gotten good. <laughs> yeah, but there just is an aspect of like, there's a craftsmanship to film, so. Yeah. I mean, I, sh- I shot out it in film school. I was one of the last ones at my college. It all became, we shoot on film and you don't see the dailies. It's all digitally processed and there's just something different. When you hold 24 frames and that's one second and you're holding it, it drastically changes how you look at editing and things like that. And that's getting lost when you can just do it on your phone. Yeah, you can do it, but there's something lost in it. So Right. Yeah. Putting a filter
4: on it doesn't substitute actual film. Yeah. That's great. Well done, Scott. Well done. So, does anyone have anything they've watched uh, lately? I'll just ask again, uh, or can we move on?
3: can move on, I think.
4: All right. So we're going to take our first break, and we'll play some music and some podcast promos, and then we're going to come back and talk about the rundown.
3: You ungodly warlock. Hello, and welcome to
5: Hello, This is the Doom Show. I'm Richard. And I hate the burning.
1: Sheesh. Who are you? Speak. <laughs> and I'm Brad.
3: She came in and said, bark, 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 and he said, bark, 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 and she said, bark, 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 and that's what I got. One is the Susperia boner. The other's the Inferno boner. <laughs> anyway. which, which one is crying? <laughs> the boner of tears.
1: <laughs> Hello, This is the Doomed Show
4: is
0: available on Hello, show.potomatic.com and DoomedMovieThon.com Hello,
4: hello. This is the Doomed Show. Richard Brad, Jeffrey Nava. It's the Doom Show. Hello, hello.
3: This is the Doom Show. Slashers, G.I. Low, and horror. It's
0: the show. You ungodly warlock. don't take your guns to town He sang a song his on He rode his guns, hung at his hips He rode into a cattle town A smile upon his lips He stopped and walked into a bar And laid his money down But his mother's words echoed again A dusty cowpoke at his side began to laugh him down And he heard again his mother's words Don't take your guns to town, son Leave your guns at home, Bill Don't take your guns to town to town son leave your guns at home bill don't take your guns to town
4: all right the rundown from 2003
0: one job i wipe your slate clean you walk out of this house a free man how much 250 large no problem He's come to the other side of the world...
1: Is that duct tape?
0: ...to finish one last job.
5: I'm looking for a man. His name's Travis Walker. Brown hair, face like a weasel. Do I know you? taking you home, Travis. What's in Los Angeles? Your father. No, 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 no. no, no, no.
0: So angry! Shut up.
1: If only it were that simple. Apparently, he stumbled onto a trinket of some value in my jungle.
3: Yep. I want it back.
5: Wow. Whatever my father is paying you, I will double it. No. I'll quadruple it. No. I'll double it and quadruple it. Hell no. I hope you enjoy the fall. Now, yeah, what fall? <laughs>
1: Let's go. Heads up. How are you making a little birdie up there? Kakao, kakao! Oh,
5: ow, ow, Got up. Well, you always got to hit me. We gotta get to this tree. Uh, got got I got
2: it. it, got it. Oh,
3: great. Oh, <laughs> uh, what is he doing? Establish dominance! Establish dominance!
1: I want hunting parties. Find them.
3: Find them!
5: I do not want to fight you. We are not fighting. Okay, hip hop. Don't worry, they're little people. What? You could take them, they're little.
0: Boom, 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 boom. Gosh, my heart.
1: I swallowed cows.
0: The Rundown You got the moves I'll give you that
4: Ow. Directed by Peter Berg Written by R.J. Stewart And James Vanderbilt It is starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Beck Sean William Scott as Travis Alfred Walker Rosario Dawson as Mariana Christopher Walken as Cornelius Bernard Hatcher. Ewan Brimmer as Declan. John Grease as Harvey. Ernie Rees Jr. as Manito. William Lucking as Billy Walker. Uh, Antonio uh, Munez as Contiki Rebel. Stephen Bishop as Nat Miller Arnold Schwarzenegger in an uncredited cameo as Bar Patron, and I also just want to mention, because this basically just ties back to last week, uh, Sven Ole Thorsen as well, in an uncredited cameo as Goon. Synopsis here I pulled from IMDb. A tough, aspiring chef is hired to bring home a mobster's son from the Amazon but becomes involved in the fight against an oppressive town operator and the search for a legendary treasure. And that's from hell to pay 27 So there was, like, Twenty six other people had held to pay as a username on IAMDB before that. That's great. What What do you guys think of that? Or,
1: or this guy created that twenty six times and forgot his password. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like to think he went back to like 1995 like creating that same account over and over again god damn it I can't remember
4: <laughs> he went through like so many like GeoCities um, yeah, yeah. emails and stuff yeah,
1: yeah GeoCities, com, you know like MindSpring <laughs> you know whatever you know yeah like going back to dial up that same guy just keeps having to create. god I, I can't remember my email again
4: <laughs> fucking hell to pay 27 it is <laughs> that's great <laughs>
1: Uh, But yeah, so
4: Scott, since uh, you're a new new guest on here, uh, you get to do the honors and give your sort of general thoughts on this film.
5: Okay, well, I can go full disclosure on this one. I'd actually reviewed this on my web series, which the episode is offline thanks to Blip Issues, but that's another story. It was back in 2012. It was one of the first dozen or so that I did. My whole shtick is I look at the Guilty Pleasures but I quantify that as movies that are kind of underappreciated. Not so bad it's good, but just, look, this is good, give it a shot. And mm-hmm. I think this this always fell in line for me with that. I actually lucked out and saw this on an early screening, like a week early they were playing it here. We had a full audience, and they were hooting and hollering and loving it. It really had a throwback feel to some of the over-the-top 80s action in, yeah. a, in, the, in a good way, but it knew what it was. That's always the most important thing I feel with a movie like this, as long as it knows what it is and runs with it, that's fine. Like there, there's so much over the top, crazy stuff in this, but the characters treat it seriously in in its own way.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: To tangent a tiny second over, it's very like Pacific Rim. That movie so mm-hmm. balls out over the top, but everybody in it treats it deadly serious. Same idea here. It's like, no matter what they're doing, it's, it's, it's serious, even though the movie has people flipping and flying around in some of the fight scenes. I think this was The, the Rock's third or fourth movie. He basically was given a cameo in, what, Mummy Returns. They made yeah. Scorpion King for him, and then it was pretty much this. And he had Be Cool around there as well, and then Doom, and then did all these kids' movies, and then had his Fast and Furious comeback with crazy, over-the-top stuff, where now he's figured it out. This movie, I feel like you could tell this guy's got charisma and he can make this work. He's just got to find the right connections to pull it off. Not every, not all his movies had that back in the day. They mm-hmm. didn't know what to do with this guy. They didn't know how to have him own that chemistry and what, what to go with. Here, this... I mean, he wasn't Dwayne Johnson. He was The Rock in the credits. So... Yeah. <laughs> it was still very much back in that time, but he was really showing what he can do. And he carries this movie i feel in a a huge way thanks to that charisma he makes it work he very much is a throwback to those 80s types where he's larger than life and you're on board i feel the other main part i always remembered was the score I love the music in this movie. This the rousing theme and then how it gets intense and serious in moments. But it's always this kind of like action adventure. Probably my favorite kind of movie.
4: I, I noticed there's two or three uh, cuts in the actual like soundtrack that are like modern hip hop songs that sample like classic oh. ACDC style rock and then like basically like <laughs> rap over
5: it. <laughs> yeah, there, there is some weird stuff too, admittedly. Yeah, but the, the, I mean, it's a basic, basic plot about just go in there and get the guy. And then things go south. honestly, the rundown's the worst title. Welcome to the Jungle was better, even though he ended up using that for Jumanji. And Heldorado is what it should have been called. Yeah. Um the rundown's a boring title, but whatever. It really was built around making this guy look good and let's see if he can carry a franchise. And he was almost ahead of his time in it because it took him about ten years to figure out how. Yeah. So but this movie I I I really I loved it. It's a lot of fun. I mean, Walken is insane, as he is. <laughs> But he plays well off of it. And Peter Berg, this was, I think, his second movie? Yeah, it was right done... after uh,
4: Very Bad Things, I think. That's the one,
5: yeah. Like, yeah. he's gone on to what now? Lone Survivor and, what, Deepwater Horizon? Mm-hmm. Battleship. My...
1: The classic Battleship. battleship. Hey, <laughs> I will tell you, I love Battleship. But that's a different story. Also, I it's... think he did, uh, what was the, uh, the Will Smith superhero movie? Um... Oh, Hancock. Hancock, yeah. Yeah,
5: no, this this guy knows action, and there's so much kinetic up close takes in this. You can watch this movie along with like a Taken movie, and you get almost maybe not Taken Three, but you get the same number of cuts between the action, and it's very quick. But this one at least, it's pulled back so you can see what's going on. I'll compare it to another hated movie, Live Free or Die Hard. I love the action in that movie. It's so kinetic and it's in your face, and that like stuff is sweeping in front of the camera to get you in to the moment and bring you in there and when the whip fighting is happening and he's throwing chairs around and stuff like that it all goes well with that it it really is dynamic and grounded while people are being thrown into trees so (laughs) it's 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 a very hard thing to pull off but he managed it in his second movie and then he's actually gone on to do very good things very poorly received things but I, i think it was just kind of a perfect storm for it, for everybody. And I would say Stifler was fun. He, he worked in this. He kind of fell off the map, honestly, after this. And I, I, I don't know. There's just something about it, something about the charm and the character in it. One awesome line is when the Rock is holding up stuff while Stifler's trying to grab something. And he's like, I think I found it. That This might be actually be it. And Rock goes, I don't give a shit. Yeah, that's good. That's good. More, more of that. Like these characters seem almost natural. It's like this is heavy. Move on. It's just it's a lot of fun. That's when I saw that you were doing this. I'm like, dude, I gotta, I gotta talk about this movie. This movie's fun. People need to know about it because it's underappreciated. People forget about this. I feel and don't even kind of acknowledge that it's a thing. It's like ah, it's some throwaway movie. Nah, there was good stuff in here. They were trying some things and it just didn't quite hit its audience because it was almost the trailer was too late.
1: Trailers were off. Trailers were awful. You know that was. I think that sunk this more than anything else is that the trailer was absolutely atrocious.
5: Yeah. It it was almost like it was the wrong time for this movie. This movie would have worked better now when you see what he's like in central intelligence or the fast movies where he is this over the top bombastic guy he was doing that in 2003 in this movie so yeah greg what are your thoughts
3: lee first of all i want to thank you for uh getting this professional movie viewer on the show and then putting him right in front of me so that now anything (laughs) i have to say is going to sound very pedestrian in comparison (laughs) (laughs) sorry 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 about that sorry sorry sorry. i'm always i'm
5: always always thinking about you greg you know that (laughs) Honestly, call me professional is the best thing of this whole episode. Well, right. on, ca- well. are, you getting, are you getting paid for this, Scott? Because
1: no. uh, that's what professional <laughs> means. I'm
5: getting paid in experience and exposure. So
3: I <laughs> he's keep profan- he's professional in this conduct, not like the rest of us <laughs> schlubs. I don't know. I mean, I kind of look at this movie kind of like it's a uh, it's a sequel to the American Pie movies. It's also a prequel to the Fast and the Furious movies. Is yeah, sort of a more. <laughs> Yeah, You have have more of an advanced stifler, like he's a little bit past his childish pranks, but he's still kind of an idiot. And he got the rock. He's not quite just able to destroy an entire army yet, but he's getting there. So that's kind of where this movie is in that timeline of that series. You know, I enjoyed this movie. I didn't think it was a particular, I don't think I'm as quite as enthusiastic as the last fellow was. Sorry, what's your name, Scott? Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I like I said, I suck with names. I, I don't know. I'm not quite as enthusiastic about it as you, but there's definitely a lot of good things in this movie. I, I overall the movie for me, I let's put this. Way, I like the second half a lot more than I like the first half. I thought kind of establishing it. They didn't quite know if it was a comedy or a action movie or what it was. But again, I did like The Rock's performance. You definitely see like he's not quite the action star he was, you know, well, he is now, but he's kind of getting there, he still has that charisma. Like- I still maintain I think he's the only real action star that can really compare to 80s Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I know Jason Statham's, you know, I know you're going to discuss him tomorrow, and, you know, I know he's got his pluses, and, you know, I guess some people might even like Vin Diesel, but he's kind of a bit of one-note one note character. So, I don't know. I think The Rock is really the only one that can kind of really compete with that cheesy, macho 80s Schwarzenegger fella. I don't know. Like, I, I did enjoy this movie overall. It's one of those movies I don't, Think I'd be upset if I would never seen. I don't really think it's any particularly important movie. Like some of the movies, like even the movies we discussed last week, I, I really do feel like if you're an action movie connoisseur, the last two movies, especially Commando, were really important to see. Whereas this one's kind of eh. You didn't. You saw. It, you didn't see it, but. Again, it came together at the end. I actually really liked the end. I liked how it was still early 2000s, so they weren't quite censoring and making everything you know kid-friendly. They actually did show people getting shot. They show people getting killed. It's like, oh, no, little Billy is going to see this and get traumatized. Oh, no, no. <laughs> We can't have that. No, that was sort of still before the SJW era that we have now. And yeah, I mean, overall, like I I did enjoy the movie. I don't think it's necessary to see if you don't really, you know, if you're not like, I guess, a big fan of Stifler or The Rock or just really want to see every action movie ever made. But no, it's a solid movie. It was a fun ride. I don't regret seeing it. Probably won't watch it again.
1: All right. uh, Daniel. There is one factor in this movie that no one has mentioned yet, and that is Rosario Dawson. Yeah, oh, I'll I was, get gonna, to I was gonna get to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'm just gonna leave that there for now. Hmm. So I saw this late night cable uh, sometime, you know, after like 2004, 2005, whatever, you know, uh, and it literally just kind of came on. I was, I had seen the trailer. God, that looks like horse shit. a any movie in a in a jungle post Tomb Raider. Yeah, this is going to be a piece of shit. I'm not interested in this. I don't want to watch, you know, rich people wander through leafy greens for, you know, <laughs> an hour and a half. Um, I, so I I happened to catch this on for the opening sequence where you get the Arnold Schwarzenegger walking by and then you get, you know, the rock walking in and doing his like badass that which is one of the best little setting up the badassery of a character in any movie ever of him just completely annihilating this entire offensive line. And I was sold. I'm like, okay, I want to see this fucking movie. I'm done. I'm I am right here with this right now. I am on board with this. And uh as far as I'm concerned, it really only gets better. Stifler, you know, Sean William Scott. When I first saw it, yeah, those scenes with him, you know, especially with the thunder and lightning stuff, got really uh overwhelming and just kind of like they felt like they kind of last forever. Rewatching it this week, I, I thought, yeah, that's that's not so bad. I mean, I'm not I'm much less annoyed with Stifler now than I was in 2004 2005 whatever so I, I think that stuff basically works although you know it, it's a gag that doesn't quite work but I think other than that I think I, I think Sean William Scott kind of gives it as all I would love to see a series of movies of these two kind of going on adventures together because I do think they have great chemistry and dear god I mean any film that's got Rosario Dawson as a barmaid turned revolutionary I'm there I <laughs> well, yes hello Uh, Really, any film with Rosario Dawson, yes. Uh, You know,
4: she's amazing, of course. It's not just Rosario Dawson. It's often
3: sweaty. Rosario often dawson. sweaty mm-hmm.
1: rosario dawson serving you a beer that's mm-hmm. the uh that's the key there with a um, few
3: buttons undone on her shirt rosario dawson
1: indeed mm-hmm. the the one the one big uh like i mean you know one of the one big negatives is that she doesn't get to kind of have a big badass scene at the end she kind of gets fridged she's like tied to a post and then just kind of runs around and i would yeah. really like to see her kind of be a badass at the end and that's unfortunate mm-hmm. But you know it, that does just kind of speak to the like two thousand three ness of this film. But yeah, no, this this is just pure pleasure to my pineal gland or whatever. I am one hundred percent on board with this film. It makes me happy. I love rewatching it. I have not rewatched it recently, but it is one of those that I always think back to fondly. Almost every element in this film works for me. Also, much and you know, Commando, great film, terrible politics. Our hero is going down and beating down leftist revolutionary movements in Central America. This film says, "Hey, maybe the miners in Central America are uh, in South America are actually human beings who deserve to not live under the uh, oppressive force of our, our good friend Crystal Walken, and uh, <laughs> maybe maybe that guy's an asshole. And I think that's a, I think that's a good message. I think you know I think that's a better message, honestly. You know, yeah, yeah." Um, it is. I love the uh you know I don't use guns until he does at the end I just it's <laughs> such I'll a cheesy the it's such it. it's such a cheesy moment but it makes me like just cheer every time it's such he a great re- little like He
5: reloaded them under his arms. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And then he he's shot through
1: th- them at the same time with one hand. There's so much, like, little bits like that. Um, one of my favorite, I'm just going to throw this in now, and then I'm going to turn it over here, but uh, one of my favorite little moments in the film, um, and this is uh, this is equal to in Commando, where Arnold just, like, pulls the lock off the chain link fence, <laughs> you know, because he's just a superhero. Uh, my favorite little moment, and it's not even a little moment, it's a big moment, but there's a bit where, you know, the rock is being shot at, <laughs> and he has to launch himself across an alley, into a concrete pillar and just like hits it with his shoulder and demolishes it with Mm -hmm. the force of his you know that's how strong this guy is (laughs) and then he goes through and like breaks down the rest of the wooden pillars and all the soldiers go flying off it's just i just love any movie that can just make me go yeah of course this guy is just that strong Sure. I love it. This film makes me happy. It's great. And I will just reiterate everything Scott already said. He, uh, you know, really, you didn't need me for this one. Scott already said it.
4: (laughs) So here's the thing. This is an incredibly enjoyable film. At the same time, I do find the plot itself overall is kind of forgettable. Like I, after watching it, I don't quite remember what happened other than I really enjoyed it for the most part. But (laughs) so tell me what the plot of Commando is exactly there That's, is a commando that was the point i was going for it, it it works in that fashion as as just sort of like it hits your all of your endorphin centers or whatever and uh and and just sort of gets you engaged into it like most films with a rock that he stars in he's usually the best thing in them and this is you know this is early rock this is rock still not him finding his way it's more like the people making the movies tried to fit him into a certain thing and tried to see what they can do with him. I really like him in this. I think my favorite movies with him are Faster from 2010 and Walking Tall in 2004, which just basically followed this. But when he's doing like the uh, more of a throwback to 70s exploitation, he really works really well. But he's really good in this. Rosario Dawson is just visually delicious in this film just watching her and it's like she's underused in this film you're right daniel she should have had some big moment at the end like she should have cut christopher Watkins' head off of a machete or something you know like
1: or or, or his balls off with with it, a knife
4: or right you know like call call back to the penis fish or whatever yeah,
3: yeah. or Robot. or uh, <laughs> the
4: penis
1: fish <laughs> I will I will say my wife uh when because she watched the opening bit of this film with me and then just kinda like tuned out and was on her phone like playing a game or whatever. And um the joke with her is, you know, oh yeah, this is a film I really like. It's just like, is there a sassy brunette in it? And I'm like, Of course (laughs) there's a fucking sassy brunette in it. Yet again, yes. But she didn't she didn't realize I'm like, No, 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 Rosario Dassa's in that and she went, Oh, Rosario Dassa was in that? I'm like, Yeah and she said, Oh, well, I'm gonna have to watch that. Well, yeah, you should have watched it when I was watching it, (laughs) but Anyway,
4: and yeah, I actually forgot that she was in this. Uh, the how? F- I, I, how? I, because how? I when I first watched it, and it was the only time I watched it until doing it for the podcast was back in 2004 when it came out on video. Um, mm. And so, it's still, still way...
1: I'm very disappointed.
4: Nah, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. It, it was it was a long time ago. <laughs> But no, this is, this is fun. I I like it a lot. I think sometimes maybe the film tries a little too hard to be cool in its action scenes. Like sometimes it's a little too slickly edited. Uh, I I feel like every action scene tries a little too hard to be better than the previous one, which gets a little annoying for me. I'm, I'm always just sort of nitpicky about guys walking away from explosions and looking cool that, that's one film trope that I just I can't stand well, anymore. The,
1: the the real key to the action here is that it's like all hand to hand combat. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, kind of hand to whip or hand you know, it's all the rock Dwayne Johnson Beck doing things with furniture around him, which seems very inspired by uh what Jackie Chan was doing around this time or a little bit earlier. And I feel like it fills that same need for me, you know. Well, because yeah, obviously then- this is ridiculous, but it's also like just super fun, right? Well, and it also
4: implements the, his wrestling background because he can just physically do that kind of stuff athletically anyway. So, I mean, he actually does do a couple wrestling moves in the actual film when he's doing the fight scenes. Although, uh, I, I would ask Scott, I'd, he'd know better than me, I don't think I've ever seen The Rock do a flying head scissors in the ring. No. But he does
5: one in the film. Yeah, <laughs> no, pretty sure he's never done that before. He did hit a rock bottom in this one. He did another one in, I think, Fast 7, Furious 7. He even did a kip up. But he kept going and kicked two guys behind him. Yeah, like, like that's that's some of the action you are talking about, where it's like it's wire foo, and you can tell when the wire stops pulling them. Uh, it's, a bit, it's a bit rough. Oh no, it, it, it it's turns fun. Into, though, um, they can see what they were going for. Like, I'll give him the credit there. But
4: it, yeah, yeah, when he's fighting the rebels, like oh, that's when God. it starts getting really cartoonish. Like it turns into like uh, over the top Tony Jaw territory, like to protect her and yeah uh, stuff like that. You know, that, where, that's probably
1: that's probably the weakest action scene in the film. Uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of you know why is this here but also kind of fun on its own terms you know just sort of like if if you're willing to accept the ridiculous physics it's fine
5: but i think it kind of works simply because the music is in a weird upbeat way and stifler watching it is kind of in awe like what is happening this is what so you're kind of on board with like, yeah, no, you're, I'm, I'm agreeing. This is weird. What is happening? And it's okay. So they're kicking rock around. It's whatever. But when he starts throwing them around and hitting them with that log on fire, I'm like, yep, nope. <laughs> okay. We're good.
1: <laughs> he hits, a, he hits a guy in the face net. with a burning log. And, yeah. uh, you know, that, that, guy, that guy walks looks, away, you know.
4: Yeah, looks, <laughs> and, they, and they wake up later. It's like well, that, that guy is horribly burnt and scarred for the rest is, of his life.
5: This is a guy who we started the movie seeing take out the offensive line or the defensive line. And what the line in the bathroom was, oh, let me do it another night. No, they have a legit chance of repeating. I don't want to take that away from them. Yeah. Like he's saying, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to beat up this football team, no, is what he's saying. I, I am you know, going,
1: going to, absolute, I am absolutely great. going to annihilate this group of people whose entire professional career is yeah. built on Cause hitting it, other very large people. For plays on, dollars, you, know? you
5: think that he's going to be like, no, the whole football team's here. I can't do it. But he's like, no, no, it's going to suck for the team. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> great. It's it's a fun
1: aspect of it. I do <laughs> not want to do this to them. This will. This is not <laughs> something I want to do. But you oh, know, and don't forget
5: is. after the rebels, they they have this whole like healing thing, and they talk about Tyson and Ali. But then bad guys show up and kill the rebels.
1: Yeah, the rebels. It's taken burned.
5: away from you immediately. Well, I'm like, oh, well, the, yeah. the
3: whole Tyson Ali thing. I thought was kind of funny because. You know, uh, the Rock is kind of on Ali's side, and the other guy, I don't know what his name, the Rebel is. He was more, he sort of was more for Tyson at the beginning. Yeah. And it was kind of the opposite in the fight, because the Rock was the strong one, and the uh, the Rebel was the fast one, which mm-hmm. was
1: mm-hmm. actually the
3: opposite of who they rooted for. I kind of thought that was... i,
1: I think sure I, I think that's intentional. I think the key well, is sure to understand that... Each I mean, person has like an acknowledgment of the value of the other. It's a bonding moment. And really, I mean, that's another kind of downside to the film, is that like, I really wish that guy had gotten to live and get to be in the final fight. Right. Yeah,
3: he seemed As, like a wasted character. Even, even
5: Stifler got to have like a moment of, don't be a coward, stand up, do the right thing. He got the, the gato, he got it at the end. So we should have had Dawson get yeah. one. We should have had this guy, Ernie Reyes Jr., who I remembered from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Oh yeah. He was the he was the kid in that. Oh uh, the pizza like, delivery guy. Yeah, that was him. So yeah. when I saw this, I was like, No way, he's in this. And he, oh, he's always beating up the rock. Okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah, like he, he could have easily done something more with this. It's a bit of a bummer that they literally killed him off after that scene. It really sucked. Because then oh, the movie's in know. this upbeat tone from there. It's like, well, no, everybody just got murdered. But okay,
1: let's have fun. Why
5: mm. it's weird, but <laughs> Say the, good, the good guys like died,
1: but uh, we're now going to go kill all the bad guys. So at least yeah. there's that. I also, uh, I'm just going to throw this in. Sorry, I, I do want to come back to you, but I do love that the villagers actually kill Christopher Walken at the end. Do we actually know who shot him at the stomach at the end?
4: I think it's, the thing is, all the villagers surrounding him, it's kind of implied
5: that it's, they're all... I am Spartacus.
4: Yeah, they're, they're all, you know they're all one big group that, you know, that it's a faceless kind of thing where it's just, they're all against him and it mm-hmm. doesn't matter who shot him. The the point is that they finally put him down.
5: It's a very Western ending. Um, mm. But I like the fact that he's the villain for the rock, but he's not the rocks villain. He's got to go back to LA and deal with Stifler's dad. That's his villain of the mm. story. He just, he just needs to get what he needs and get out of here. They can take care of this guy locally. That's yeah. really yeah. unique. Like normally Arnold would have, Put a pole through the guy's chest, Commando. Like, that, there's no way the, the Arnold wouldn't have done that if it was in the '80s. So it's interesting to see him just walk away from it. Yeah, because he he
4: still gives the guy his choice too. You can still take option A. <laughs> You can still walk out of here, and
1: Christopher Walken's like, fuck <laughs> you. You. You, can, you can walk out of here. I won't do anything to you. Wink, you know.
4: Yeah. yeah. The the villagers are like, we're not playing by your option A, option B bullshit. We're just going to shoot him. And then he's like, after he gets shot, I'm going to take option A. And he tries to walk out of there, and it's like, it ain't working for you, buddy. Yeah. Like,
3: Does anyone feel like this movie was sort of Christopher Walken playing a parody of Christopher Walken?
4: This was that sort of time period where he was sort of stunt casted into a lot of films. Like, mm-hmm. let's get Christopher Walken to play the crazy Christopher Walken character. Booyah. Throw him in there. Like, but I mean, he's kind of, he's really reserved in this though. He's, he's not the crazy Christopher Walken. Like he says crazy things, but he's not over the top for anything. As far Yeah. As he's
5: like, don't like, don't rock the boat. Don't make waves. It's very, it's awful. No, it does the the wall, in a
3: very like but... serial killer-ish way. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. like,
5: explaining the tooth fairy bit. Like when he's saying, "Go, I, I want my tooth. And he has to explain what the tooth fairy right. is. He might not know what that is. He's like, he's got my tooth. I want it back. Like this gets frustrated. It's good because that over-the-topness does contrast well against The Rock. Like he's able to be a larger than life. Like it said with the Schwarzenegger comparison, I agree completely. He is the modern Schwarzenegger style. It works well when you have an over-the-top villain because a lot of Schwarzenegger's villains were either one note or forgettable. So you needed someone to be up on that level and not many did. That's why you get things like the Predator or T one thousands eventually. Like it takes that kind of thing. So walking being or a little devil.
3: wonky works.
5: Or
1: the devil. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Don't
1: forget, he fought the he fought the devil. Oh, the devil! Yes, or or, or the guy from Family Feud. That's really the the great. Oh, awesome. Oh, movie. yeah, I could talk about that movie all day long.
4: Or the um, or the or the sixth day where uh, Schwarzenegger rescues himself in the, in the ultimate nepotism I've ever seen in a movie. I'm going to save
1: my clone.
4: Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. <laughs>
1: Be careful. We might do twins next week if you, uh, yeah. you, fuck, you fuck right <laughs> off. Oh, yeah. Somebody shares a Danny DeVito gif, and I'm like, okay, we're fucking doing twins. Jay Deering, you asshole. <laughs>
4: uh, I want to point out that uh, I, I really love uh, you and uh, Brenner in this. He's fucking great from hey, train, train spotting fame. Oh,
1: uh, he's Declan, right?
4: Yeah, Declan. He's, yeah, he's with his duct tape plane. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of want a movie all about him, you know, he, him flying people around in the jungle with his bum
1: knee. And <laughs> I love the line where you know they're all gonna die. <clears throat> all right, get in the plane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's such like I've just resigned myself to how terrible this world is, and you know, and yet he joins in to the rebellion. He joined, He's like, yeah, no, sure, I'll help out. I'll show up and put myself in danger for you to do this crazy suicidal thing. Uh, he has no indication that, that uh, you know Beck is going to be able to completely annihilate entire militia you know, no, with his bare hands.
4: He, he just sits it's, down and has a beer. It's like, I'm going to watch this.
1: He, he's <laughs> kind of this fun.
4: agent of uh, chaos kind of thing. He's like this <laughs> perpetuator of chaos almost. I, I find it funny how casually these people are holding that fucking gold statue, the size of that thing. That must have weighed like if, if it was actual real gold it probably would have weighed like 30 pounds and they're just kind of like, eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they flip it yeah. around. Like it's a piece of paper or something.
1: Yeah. We didn't really talk about like the Gato and the, you know, sort of the adventure subplot of like getting to it. And, you know, they like, Oh, we've got to step on the Jaguar and that sort of, you know, which is very sort of like ripped off from Indiana Jones mm-hmm. and sort of stuff. But, kind of works in context it's it's a very minor part of the film you know well I, i'm actually going to piggyback on a few things you just said number one i think that whole subplot
3: was basically just hey let's show that stifler hey remember stifler he's actually really ripped and we want to show him uh, with his shirt off so here we go he'll take his <laughs> shirt off so we can go underwater see this thing there we go now you see he's in good shape uh what was it i forgot what i was gonna say yeah next <laughs> Actually, I actually had something to someone. Oh, yeah, it was just about duct tape. Nothing interesting, as usual, what I have to say. But just if any of you guys have ever been to Michigan, you guys will realize that that plane is no bullshit. Duct tape will fix anything. I have seen the most incredible duct tape jobs in, in Michigan of <laughs> how you can put cars back together. So... Listen, I have no doubt that plane was completely
1: safe. Thankfully, I have never been to Michigan. <laughs> I passed through the airport,
5: ironically enough. That's about it, though. So, No, um,
1: I, I, I have lived in Michigan for the last 10 years.
0: <laughs> um,
5: I was going to piggyback on the Gato comment there, too, because it, it's like that would be the main plot of an indiana jones movie to get mm-hmm. the ancient artifact or a tomb raider situation and that kind of thing it just happens to be what this one guy is going after and nobody believes him and it's a really great moment when he gets it and he's like i finally got it and he's yelling angrily like it's like i said where he's just so happy he got it screw the world i did it and beck's like shut the fuck up <laughs> and it's great it's like who gives a shit but the whole idea like he wants the gato for the, the fortune and the glory you know the old indiana jones comment and they both look at Rosario Dawson. It's like, what do you think this is going to bring? Like prosperity and crops and things. It's like, no, I'm going to sell it for money, and we'll be able yeah. to. Get yeah. it's very like, realistic oh, we'll to look at it, because like, maybe it is mystical, or maybe look, we can just you know build housing.
1: No, yeah. really, it's Rosario good. Dawson is the is the best character in the film by by far in terms of you know just you guys are both complete idiots. I'm just going to take care of it. it's fine. You know, remember she, she almost holds shot it all together. Book. She pulled the trigger on the boat, and if it wasn't
5: for The Rock, Stifler would have been shot.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and maybe that's the ending we all should have had. <laughs> Stifler's, Stifler's dead, and then Rosario and, and Dwayne go off and uh, kill the bad guys. Like... And bang out. And, uh, oh, I would totally watch that. Of course mm-hmm.
4: you would, uh, so would I. And it's, it's funny, that Elgato thing. There, there's probably more gold in that statue than they got out of that ridiculously large fucking mine that they're, they've are they got going on there with. Jesus Christ, I've heard of strip mines, but that's like a fucking impact crater size fucking mine there where thousands of people, it looks like, working on it, and yeah. they've got all these rickety wooden ladders going up and stuff, and it's, it's almost it, surreal.
5: It looked like I, the I, back I, of the temple behind the bar in From dust Till Dawn. Yeah,
1: kind no, of I, thing. I,
5: I had a Gary
1: flashbacks, God. yeah. Wrath yeah. of God flashbacks for that, yeah. I mean, it's clearly, it's clearly a bit over the top in terms of the scale. This is a like supposed, you know, a, it didn't really make a lot of money, whatever. But it's this is a mainstream like action movie made in two thousand three, and the central thing at the center of the movie is, aren't we all just kind of living off the wealth mind from the developing world? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. All the actual white people in this movie are awful, and I am totally here for it. <laughs> well, white people in general are awful. Yeah, including including all the people in this podcast. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. we're. The I'm
3: person. not awful. I'm a good person. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. You all well, be your
1: slaves. But you're Canadian, so it's fine.
5: Oh yeah. damn, that gets me too. Then. Yeah. Oh
4: yeah, yeah. Well, we're both Canadians,
1: so uh, we're exceptional. I'm
3: Canadian too. <laughs> Fuck.
1: <laughs> I'm an American. Wah, wah. Uh, yeah. You
3: guys have never done anything right or wrong. Whatever it just... is. <laughs> uh, so I do don't we have any anymore.
4: Do we have any sort of final thoughts that we want to throw out here? Or... Yes.
3: Yes, Lee, I do. You know what I have to do now. I hope yes. this doesn't offend anyone, but we do need to do a nudity report on this movie. And there's exactly zero nudity in this movie. So, uh, however. However,
1: Rosario Dawson is amazing in this. So,
3: yes. you know.
1: Yes, she is. This, so, this was PG-13.
3: So, let's, let's say you do wish to pleasure your man member, and, uh you know, you want to look at Rosario Dawson. Do you have options to do that? Yes, you do. She's been in a number of movies, I think about five or so where she's shown stuff. However, I just want to highlight a few, because in the movie Trance, she does not only full frontal nudity, but she is completely shaved in that movie, which is very rare that a mainstream actress... Actually shows you her labia, but she does in this movie. So there you go. However, what if you're old school and you're like, hey, you know what, Greg? I don't like labia. I want to see the old-fashioned bush, just like my mom used to have.
1: Well, you know what? (laughs) You've got this. Do you have this conversation a lot? Do people say to you, No, I don't like labia? Listen, you because don't I don't even... think this is an argument that people have.
3: Listen, I, I know people I won't I won't name names, but their names are Nick and they they're just weird people. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? so let's say let's say that's the case. Let's say you're one of those old fashioned people. You can go to the movie Alexander and you can see Rosario Dawson in all her glory with a bush. So there you go. We got the old school enthusiasts who enjoy a good old-fashioned bush and the new fa- new people who are like, no, no, I don't want pubes in my mouth. I like the labia. You can see both. So what a great actress. She's got so much talent. And, you know, let's hope she's got more talent in the future.
5: Thank you,
4: Greg.
3: Uh, anybody
4: else with anything to add before we sort
5: of finish off here? Or... Uh, I was going to bring up the fact that we had this ending with the silly fruit. That saves, <laughs> saves the day because
1: he's a chef, remember. He's gonna open a yeah.
5: restaurant.
4: They set it up at the beginning.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, but also I actually really like sorry, I really like the element of he's trying to become a chef. Like yeah. that's his motivation. I again, if we had a series of these where he was and now I'm like trying to get funding for this restaurant, and I'm trying <laughs> to like, you know, and then oh, I've got to go and do this little adventure at a way of, you know, like pleasing the food safety board or whatever it, it's like, a trilogy
5: you
4: know? to get him to his yeah. restaurant like yeah, yeah I know he...
5: <laughs> especially no. if he's out there doing artifact yeah. hunting with stifler to find these things to sell for the restaurant it, it always yeah. works it, he, it he's always he's things.
1: he's kind of a working class hero in that way right you know mm. although you know petite bourgeois i'm not gonna you know whatever you know let's, let's not bring a Marxist analysis into this necessarily, you know, but you know, <laughs> I do like
5: the, like the very ending of it too. He's like, he's, he's getting the thunder and lightning thing on him. And he's like, I'm just kidding. I'm going to get in the truck because yeah. it, like, they know what this is all about. They started off hating each other in the jungle and they led up to this point. The sad thing is I know that Peter Berg has been talking about wanting to do a sequel for some time. It's just a matter of the audience didn't really care. So he's having a hard
1: time making it happen.
3: Uh, yeah. I want it to
1: happen because I want more of these. Even though, so, the rocket, so but... I think I think making this podcast is going to be the thing that kickstarts it. Really, oh, it's going like, to push it over oh, the oh, edge
4: for sure. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's going to happen. <laughs> 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 A little bit of trivia here: two pieces. According to the director on commentary, uh, Christopher Walken had never seen Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. And therefore, we were reluctant to use the phrase Oompa loopas. And the director provided Walken with a copy of the movie. And after watching it, Walken decided to use the phrase. So there you go. That sounds like a very walking thing.
1: Oompa Loompa. I don't know. What, what do you mean, Oompa Loompa?
5: Christopher Walken <laughs> is a man that can make no be a three-syllable word. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
4: Arnold Schwarzenegger, as the man in the club, this cameo was filmed the same day he filmed his appearance as the Terminator for the Super Bowl. It was completely unprepared. He happened onto the set that day and was asked to make a quick appearance in the film. People watching this f- movie enthusiasts basically cite this as his have fun to Dwayne Johnson as a Passing of the torch and i guess that kind of has played out it took like 10 years to do so but
5: sort of has played out i guess
1: but but arnold's career also took like 10 years to really yeah start off, so you
5: know mm-hmm. in context it was weird because it makes no sense otherwise because who was that man yeah it's like have fun it's like like was that someone else trying to get him or is he the guy that got I, him in the club like there's nothing setting that up or explaining is, it's that. it's like arnold it Schwarzenegger? Or what dude.
4: It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger basically broke the fourth wall by walking yeah. into another universe.
5: It makes more sense that that is Beck going into a club and Arnold Schwarzenegger is walking out saying have fun than yeah, Arnold like, playing a character I, does. I like, I,
1: I, I like the idea that he's a another retrieval expert who's kind of yeah. gotten a little bit to seed, who was called in and was just like, no, I'm not going to do this shit.
4: You know, here's the thing, though. Rock looks confused because he doesn't know the fuck this guy is. If they had done it, the scene differently where that comes in and hits Schwarzenegger. And it's like they, they do they do the fucking predator fucking uh, uh. muscled up fucking. Oh, handshake. Yeah.
1: Bad. You know, Schwarzenegger be the guy who like informs the rock about right. all the like, oh, this is this guy. He's that, you know, like he delivers all those lines. And then The Rock's like, oh, man, I'm going to have to kill these guys. The
3: problem <laughs> the problem, if they did any of those things was they probably would have had to pay a lot of money to Schwarzenegger.
5: Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, uh-oh. he was literally on set. And, like, you want to come do it? Sure. Like, right now? All right. Let's go. It, yeah. It was that literal of a thing. So.
4: It's, it's still fun uh, for what they got from it. Uh, although I do want to, I really wanted the scene where rock killed that motherfucker who hit him with the beanbag gun, that Australian oh, yeah. guy.
1: That's in the third film of this, uh, the trilogy. Yeah. He finally won catches up team. to him.
4: It's like blade finally catching up to the vampire. He promised to kill. in like the, first, uh, the at the beginning of the film, it's like, yeah, I'm going to catch you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you remember when I promised I'd kill you last. I, I lied. didn't lie. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> lie.
4: Exactly. Budget for this was eighty-five million. Box office was eighty point nine million. So yeah, oh. it kind of kind of blew its uh, gasket there. Uh, yeah, it
5: it found its life on video and stuff afterwards. Like it mm. it didn't light the world on fire. The Rock was not a draw yet. He's the biggest draw now. But he yeah was he, he
4: like he's the most back he's back. the most well paid. Paid fucking actor in Hollywood, is he not at this point? He is,
5: officially, yeah. Mm. More than
4: Robert Downey Jr.? Overall. I
5: think think so, yeah. He Uh, he gets the highest per picture command right now.
4: Robert Downey Jr. is probably number two, if I take a guess. But DVD Info, Universal Pictures, Home Entertainment, released the DVD in 2004, and then there was a Blu-ray and DVD re-release in 2009 and in 2010. So there you go. Yeah, this was great to have you, Scott. Uh, it, was, it was an absolute pleasure. You and I have been podcasting for a while on other podcasts, and mm-hmm. you should talk about them now as well as your own podcast.
5: <laughs> well, yeah, we, we talk about wrestling stuff. Hey, a connection with The Rock. Uh, that's over on Jobber Radio, jobberradio.com on iTunes and all that fun stuff. Um, but my own stuff is Guilty Pleasure Cinema. Like I said, I celebrate the movies you're embarrassed to love. So the Rundown was right <laughs> up my alley there. Battleship was one. Dread. Judge dread the league of extraordinary gentlemen I, mm-hmm. that'll trigger some i'm sure loads of stuff here and there Arnold movies the schwarzenegger stuff is predators my favorite so that kind of stuff but that's at guiltyplayercinema.com and my handle cyclops scott there's two s's in there that's twitch that's youtube that's twitter that's all that stuff so it's on there and i do a box office report sundays and just other general movie talk as well awesome Greg, you don't do anything, but it was great to have
4: you back.
3: Well, that's not true. I do my <laughs> wife occasionally.
1: <laughs> yeah,
4: but you don't need to announce
1: that. Like is there a I, place I, online we can experience that? Because well, not really yet bad. not
3: yet, but for the time being I'd like to plug it anyway.
1: Fair enough. We, no, no pun intended. Yeah,
3: well, <laughs> okay. yeah, I thought so. I thought so. <laughs> yeah, I'll, occasionally I put out a beer burglar review, which are private anyway, so I don't. You don't really get to see them. So yeah, literally, uh, you're right in terms of this sphere. I do nothing,
1: <sighs> and you do it well, <laughs> Daniel.
4: Where where can people yeah. find you on the interwebs?
1: People should probably not find me. I'm at Daniel Lee Harper on Twitter. Uh, all my stuff goes up there. I have a couple other podcasts that are intermittently updated. Mostly what I do is punch Nazis on Twitter, and oh. that's great. So, you know. Sweet. But are Nazis people, too? No, yeah, they are. They're, they're,
4: they're, they're people they, worth punching. Is they are people
1: it. worth punching, yes.
3: Ah, fair enough.
4: Yeah. Uh, And you can find us at tmbdos.podbean.com, where you can find all the requisite links to Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and our Facebook group. Join our Facebook group. They must be destroyed on site on Facebook. And you can find out what's coming up on the podcast. What is coming up next time is we're going to be recording actually tomorrow. uh, Put something in the can. We're going to be talking about the Jason Statham film, The Transporter.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it turns out it turns out I actually go on vacation occasionally, and so we're doing this uh compressed schedule. So. <laughs>
4: but Daniel, what might be coming up after the transporter though? You have any ideas?
1: I I have some ideas, but I think we'll discuss them uh off air. Okay. Crazy.
4: Sounds good. So, thank you guys for joining me. This was a lot of fun. Enjoyed the conversation and thank you all for listening, and we will see you again. When we see you. Goodbye.
3: Goodbye.
5: Goodbye.
2: am sorry. can't stop me now listen to me now i'm lasting 20 rounds and if you want me then come on get me now is you with me now The biggie bigger bounce i know you dig the way i switch my style holla, holla. people sing around 20 years ago. We Away, I ain't never like you tell anyway. Mr. Got something to say? I ride down the block in an Escalade, bling bling all in your face. I think you might need to put on your shades. <sighs> I know you feel me though. You hating on me, but you hear me though. 20-inch rim sitting crazy low. <sighs> I'ma keep the party live. Me until my Timberland gon'.
4: You've been listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Site. For other episodes, our Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Facebook group links, as well as podcasts and websites of similar interest, please visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you, drive through.